Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanless Podcast. Today, focusing on the 250 tournaments in Munich and Estoril. Uh, we've had a fair few upsets uh, this week, certainly some, some big results to talk about. And as ever, I'm joined by Marcus Ali. Marcus, how are you doing? Yeah, very excited to be talking about these two tournaments. Thanks, mate. We've seen the, the top seed and the second seed go out already in Estoril and the top seed in Munich. So forever some entertaining matches and some upsets on the 250 rank events. Um, so, yeah, always excited to cover these ones. So we'll start uh, in Munich, uh, the BMW Open, I believe uh, it has been known as in the past. Not sure if that's that's still the, the sponsor name. Um, and the big result coming from that was that uh, yesterday, uh, Ilya Ovaska putting out number one seed, uh, Alexander Zverev. And to, to mine and Marcus's credit, we did actually say in the last podcast that uh, Ivashka just ranked just outside the, the top 100, uh, 107. We did say he could be a real threat for Zverev. Took a set off of Rafael Nadal at Barcelona last week. Um, previous to that, had been looking quite good on the clay courts with uh, some good results. Um, and started this week brilliantly, uh, only dropping three games to Emil Brusabori, um, then getting through a, a three-set match against Mackenzie McDonald, but after losing that first set, only dropped three games in uh, sets two and three, so showing really formidable form uh, in those matches ahead of Alexander Zverev. And uh, despite losing the first set on a tie-break to Zverev, a set which Abashka had led by a break, uh, Ivashka then was able to come back and, and take the second set, 7-5, 6-3. Um, definitely a big surprise, um, though it is one that w we did think Zverev could definitely have problems with. And the, the fact that we're asked, we're, we're saying before this match that Zverev could have problems with this. I mean, what does that say about Sasha Zverev? You know, we've had this conversation a few times on the podcast now. Let's maybe not get too carried away. It is only Munich. It's, it's not like a, a big slam or anything. But, um, you know, it, it's not a good win for Zverev. It's a tournament, uh, a, a good result for Zverev. It's a tournament he has won twice before. It's his home tournament. Um, he goes in as number one. People, you know, would would be... I think we were fairly confident of him making the final, at least. Um yeah, well, where do you stand on this loss, Marcus? I know it's a great result to Ashka. Let's not take it away from him. But um, it's not great for Sasha. Sasha's there, I'm sorry. Yeah, in terms of Ilya Vashka, obviously we've got a heap praise on the man. But having said that, he's not a clay quarter. He's stronger on hard court. Um, so that, for me, really makes it disappointing for, for Zverev. I think... My pick on him to to go on and win the tournament was mainly based on his recent form when playing in Germany, more than his sort of progress as a player as a whole. Um, so yeah, it's if this if this result happened outside Germany, I, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. But given his record in Munich and in tournaments on home soil, it does come as a surprise and a real disappointment because I think you say even though it's only in Munich, outside Acapulco this year. And maybe the Australian Open to the extent to to an extent. I know he made the quarterfinal. Zverev's really been poor, really poor. You know, if he doesn't take those five hundred ranking points at Acapulco, 
we're talking next to nothing for the year, surely. Um, so, yeah, this is another disappointing week and his regression continues, really, um, since winning that ATP Tour finals. Um, Ivashka, you know, in, well, maybe not the form of his career. He's had career highs a lot, uh, significantly higher than a, than 107. But Zverev should not be losing to a player like Ilya Vashka, particularly on a clay court with the success he's had in the last few years. Um, I'm not sure at what point we need to sort of change our expectations of him because, of course, he did show such amazing tennis in the in his early 20s and first few years when he burst onto the scene. He's won the Madrid Masters before and that that shows that, you know, he can, he can play well during this swing. Um, so, yeah, very disappointing especially after taking the first set, I thought he might have weathered the storm a little bit from Ivashka. He's more of a more of a power player than anyone who's going to out-tactic or out-guile out his opponent. So, yeah, very disappointed in Zverev. And I think we spoke last episode that Yannick Sinner and Karatsev, we think, are operating as top 10 players. There's definitely an argument that they're operating as players that are better than Alexander Zverev. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there at all. Um, you say Ivashka, perhaps a, a better hardcore player. What I would say, in, in fairness to him, he's not a player I, I know a lot about his game, you know, obviously a name who's been around a little while, but um, sort of just perhaps in and out of that 100, uh, just to remember, I think he would have been top 100, um, if not just sort of deviating around the, the sort of early 100 marks. But um. In fairness to him, he has had a very good clay court season. Let's just remember that. You know, it is a it is a very disappointing result for Zverev. But um, Ivashka, when starting the clay court season in Marbella, picked up wins against Pedro Martinez, uh, Davidovic, Fikina, two players that have had good results this week before going out in a, a tight match to Jaume Munar. Um, you know, carried on playing in, in Barcelona, qualified for Barcelona. Um, obviously, uh got that set against Rafa Nadal, you know, it's, it's, it's a fantastic result for Ivashka, really. I know it's a loss, but to, to take the first set against Rafa Nadal, who went on and won the tournament, and is it is it 12 times now, I think, the Barcelona champion, um, you, you know, I think, though, you know, it's an awful, it's an awful result, I think, for Zero, but as you say, there's really been a regression, I think, since that ATP Tour Finals. Though he did make a Grand Slam final since then, but um, that's obviously uh, you've got to consider that the, the big three weren't there. And actually, it was a final that uh, we were very disappointed in him, uh, really, at the end of it. Um, but, but yeah, I think though it's a, it's a bad loss to Avashka, let's not forget that uh, Avashka is playing very, very well at the moment. And if we're talking about Krat Seven Sinner operating as top 10 players at the moment, I'd say over the last couple of months maybe Abashka's probably operating as a top 50 player um, which I think you know credit to him and, and, and we'll move on to the, the semi-finals or, or quarter-finals as well actually because uh, rain halted yesterday's play so we have two quarter-finals still to finish and then uh, presumably they will come back to play their semi-final later today so um, Ivashka will face Struff uh, Jan Leonard Struff in the first and only semi-final at the moment. We'll start with that. Um, Straff ranked at 44. Ivashka 107. It's quite a big gap between them. Uh, Straff so far has had some 
really uh, hard-fought matches came through in straight sets against Andre Martin uh, of Slovakia, but then beating Kopfer, uh, sorry, Dominic Kopfer of Germany, 7-6, 6-7, 6-2, and then going on to beat Krajinovic yesterday, 6-4, 4-6, 7-6 in the third set tie-break. So uh, Straff being really put through the paces so far in Munich. Um, obviously another home favourite. I know obviously that, that there aren't fans there to support, so maybe home favourite gets a, a little bit thrown out the window perhaps uh, when, when you haven't got the, the fans supporting you. But I, I would maybe make Ilya Vashka favourite for this match. Um, just with the time spent on court, the way he's playing at the moment, um, Struff has really had to, to push himself. He's he's not young, Struff. Um, I haven't got his age to, to hand, but you know he's been around a, a little while and I'm wondering if maybe he might be a little bit tired after those few matches. Uh, he has got a 1-0 head-to-head over Avashka. That was a, a, a Davis Cup match uh, indoor, though, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, Marcus, what do you think for, for this semi-final? Would you maybe agree that Avashka's uh, got a real chance here of beating another German and, and making what presumably would be his first ever uh, talk? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Ivashka's got to be the narrow favourite. Um Struff, you know, some solid wins. Kurt and Krajinovic are not easy players to play on a clay court, so fair play to him on that. But he's still awaiting his, his, his first ATP Tour title at the age of 31. And I think we've definitely seen him at this stage plenty of times and not managed to kick on. Um, you know, he's very capable of getting two or three wins in a week, but that is usually where it ends for Shane Leonard Struff. That's been the story of his career so far. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him grab the ball by the horns and, and go on and, and earn his first title in Munich. But I think Ivashko will be very confident. Um, you know, he knows even if he does go out here that he's had a great week. And yeah, so and the pressure's off as well, playing playing a, a, a German player. So, yeah, I think for those reasons, Ivashka edges it and past... Years of, of following the tour have told me that Jean Leonard Struff is is not a great player when it comes to the sort of semi final stage. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think you're right to say that Ivashka's probably favourite to edge it, but it could be a close one. Two quite big servers that usually doesn't uh, play as big of a role on a clay court, but um, yeah, it could be a, an interesting matchup. But yeah, I'll go for Ivashka in three. Yeah, I have to agree there, Ivashka in three. Um, it surprises me actually that Struff has never won a title. That's not um, a stat that I was aware of. And you perhaps say that he's one of the the best players, maybe never to win a title. Uh, we obviously had the likes of John Millman and Dan Evans uh, in the last year or so winning their first titles, which you'd say are probably quite overdue. And that certainly is overdue for for Jan and Struff. Um, I would have thought he had won a title and ranked at forty four and been. Struff, I would have has it been top 30 maybe before, um, you know, perhaps, yeah, around there. Um, you'd expected him to have won a title and actually very surprised he hasn't. And perhaps this is a really good chance for him too, you know, even though we're making a Bashka favourite, um, especially with how this other semi-final is going to be played. Um, Struff and Avashka is going to have a big advantage going into the final tomorrow. And that is because... Um, as I mentioned before, the rain halted the other two quarterfinals, which are going to be getting underway at 10 o'clock this morning. So probably about the time the podcast is out. So you guys 
listening probably would know the results of these matches by now. Um, Nikolas Basilashvi, the Georgian, uh, was about to serve for the first set against uh, Gombos, a lucky loser of Slovakia. Um, he was just about to serve to take that first set 6-4. And uh, John Millman, Kasper Rude was the other quarterfinal. And uh, Rude had just taken that first set 6-3. Uh, Millman just about to come out to serve to start the second set. That also starting at 10 o'clock this morning. Um, I think we would assume from these positions that it will be a, a Basilashvi uh, Kasparud quarterfinal. Um, I'm not writing off Milman or, or Gombos completely, but uh, just for the purpose of this podcast, we'll perhaps just focus on, on Basilashvili and Rude because uh, I think they will be the two players we see go back out for a second time uh, on court today to, to play that semi-final. And that is perhaps why the winner of Straff Ivashka will have an advantage having played uh, just the one match today, whereas uh, those guys will have to play the two matches. Uh, Basilashvi and Rude have never met before, interestingly. Um, Basilashvi has not dropped a set so far, defeating Tiago Montero and Galan Riveros. Um, and Kasper Rude uh, only played one match, actually, before John Millman, being the uh, number two seed, got a bye, uh, beating Pablo Cuevas 6-3, 6-2. In, uh, their, for, in, in their second round uh, and then obviously winning the match currently against John Millman. Uh, so two players not dropped a set so far. Uh, could be a really interesting tie. I know in terms of mine and Marcus's predictions, there's a little bit weighing on this. Marcus predicted Basilashvili to the final uh, to lose to Zverev. Uh, I predicted Kasparu to actually go on and win the title, so I'll be uh, hoping Rude can come through for me in that match. Um, Marcus, firstly, what, what are you thinking on this match and what sort of impact do you think uh, it will have, the fact that they are going to have to play two matches in a day? Um, obviously, if one of Gombos and Millman does start fighting back this morning, that could be a lengthy match that takes us past uh, midday, uh, maybe even to the, the early hours of the afternoon, um, and, and then they've got to come out and do it again, it's, it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, sometimes I think warrior-like runs like that can in, in inspire a player to really bring something out of them. You know, these players, um, maybe apart from Kasper Ruud, well, Basil Ashley has done it in the past, but definitely Gombos and Milman are only used to really getting to this stage out of 250 rank event. So um, I think that might spur them on. They know what bigger of an opportunity and sort of prize money-wise they, they could have a big week here for, for players like them in, in Munich. Um, I, I do want to see the Basel really rude semi-final. I think that could be a really good match. Um, obviously, I'll have to stick stick to my guns and uh, be hoping Basel really can make the final. I think the reason why I uh, had... Payer to uh, beat Kasper Rude in the, in the quarterfinal in my predictions was just because I worry over maybe not his fitness as such, but definitely his, his preparation. He does like a little withdrawal here and there, does Kasper Rude. Um, so I, I wouldn't be too surprised if there was maybe he, he finishes it off against Milman and even maybe Buzzard Ashville today and then ditches the final to get ready for the Masters coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, maybe not the most romantic way of looking at it, but if I would not be surprised if Kasparud withdraws without 
losing a match uh, in this tournament. Um, so, yeah, but I'm going to have to stick with Basilashvili. I think, you know, he's managed to make the matches against Montero and Galan Rivera look a lot simpler than they really were. Two really strong clay quarters in terms of sort of how big a percentage of their wins and ranking points they get on that surface. So, yeah, I think he can kick on. Would have had a nice rest sort of yesterday and overnight. Um, so I think maybe a, a big day for the Georgian today. And I think, yeah, if that Basilashvili Rude semi-final does materialise, it will be a really good watch. Um, in terms of an outright prediction, obviously, what you say with more recovery time would give an advantage to the um, winner of Ivashka versus Janelot Struff. But I don't know, I think, Sometimes when it when it's a final, players can players can dig inside inside themselves, and you know, it's only three set format as well. So maybe if Basilashvili or Rude can get this game done in in straights, it won't affect them too much. So I'm going to stick with my wild card, uh, flying the flag for Nikolas Basilashvili in in Munich. Yeah, I think interestingly, I would probably agree, and I would say that the winner probably does come from the the potential Basilashvili. Um, Kasparud semi-final, Struff and Ivashka, of course, having very good weeks and um, and and will be rested up. But I do just think both Basilashvili and Kasparud are better players than Struff and Ivashka. And yeah, I, I would have to swallow some humble pie if uh, Basilashvili wins today, uh, gets through to that final tomorrow. Um, I, I would probably fancy him to beat either Struff or Ivashka unless one of those two comes through very comfortably against the other one today. But I could see, I can see that being quite a close match. And as we said, Avashka in three for uh, that semi-final. Okay, um, we'll move on to the other tournament uh, that is being played this week. Um, that is in Estoril in Portugal. Uh, a very nice setting out there, actually. Uh, enjoyed seeing some of the pictures of it uh, on Amazon Prime, um, though still no fans here either, which is always a shame, especially when we had the fans back in Barcelona last week. It's a bit weird at the moment, sort of watching tennis and flicking back between where there are fans and, and, and where there aren't. Um, the big result coming from Estoril uh, in terms of British um, interest as well, uh, Cam Norrie defeating... Uh, the number two seed, uh, Christian Garin, sorry, um, coming back from a set down, um, had come back from a set down against uh, Pedro Martinez as well in the round before, who uh, was having a good week knocking out the number five seed, Alexander Bublik. Um, so a, a really pre impressive week for Nora. I think we chatted in the last couple of weeks about how he was looking quite impressive on clay, got some good wins in Barcelona before putting a, a decent showing out, to be fair, against Rafael Nadal. Uh, didn't have a set to show for it, but uh, I did watch that match. And he, he does look like a very good player on court, Nori, only 25 years old. Um, he will face uh, Marin Cilic. Um, not someone you often see having a, a good week on clay. Um, came through a, a very tough round match against Carlos Alcaraz, the 17-year-old Spanish player. I did watch the end of this match, and I have to say my main take from it was it was a bit of an ugly end. I think both players could have played much better than they were. There was a lot of more just relying on errors, which I think 
on clay it can come down to a bit more so than, than on hard courts. But um, Chilich did manage to get the, the job done. Had to fight back from a set down against the uh, the wild card qualifier, I think, the, the Portuguese player, uh, Borges, or, or Borgs, if, if that's how you pronounce it. Um, losing that first set in a tiebreak uh, and then got through after a set um, yesterday against Kevin Anderson, uh, two big serving Wimbledon runner-ups. Um, you know, in terms of names, quite a big tie to watch, but I think, uh, as Marcus would probably agree, in terms of styles, probably not the most mouth-watering tie and, and, and perhaps one that not too many people were disappointed to see end early uh, with that first set. Uh, being all with serve as expected uh, and, and Chilich taking it in at a tie break. Um, so Norrie facing Chilich uh, in the first semi-final, only eight places between them in the rankings, Chilich at 42, Norrie at 50, but you would say overall because of the two-year rank, two ranking system, looking at the last sort of six, seven months or, or post-pandemic maybe, uh, the first lockdown, um, Norrie probably has been the better player than, than Marin Cilic, and I would say has to go into this one as favourite after that exceptional win against Garen, who was, I think, my pick to win the tournament. Um, and, and yeah, just, just a brilliant result for, for Cam and a, a, a great chance for him to get a title on clay, maybe, which uh, would be a, a big surprise. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving this form from Cameron Norrie. He's an absolute warrior. Uh, he's a great athlete, great battler. And I think his wins this week, despite at a smaller tournament, um, just impressed me even more considering the busy and sort of uh, impressive week that he had in Barcelona last week. Um, you know, wins over Caruso, Hatchinov and Goffan. Um, I think you've got two former top teners in Hatchinov and Goffan. So, yeah, he's really, really playing well at the moment. And just to have the energy, um, the minerals to to keep it going in Estoril, um, you know, beat Pedro Martinez and Christian Garin all in, in deciding sets. So, you know, he's clearly feeling good at the moment. Um, and, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I'd, I'd definitely make him favourite for this match against Marin Cilic. Um, I think he, he is narrowly with bookies. Uh, just because, yeah, Chilich has had, you'd have to say, probably quite a nice run. Um, I probably would have backed Pedro Martinez and Christian Garin to beat Chilich in this tournament. Um, those wins over Alcaraz, Borges and, 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 and Kevin Anderson do not fill me with confidence. So it's going to be an interesting one. Definitely a big opportunity for Norrie. I'm not sure he's ever made a, uh, a main tour final. Um, possibly one of his first opportunities to do so. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. You look at these sets of semi-finals, and you've got Albert Ramos Fanolas versus Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, or maybe ARV versus ADF for the rest of this episode. Um, and I think we, as as fans of the up-and-coming talent, would definitely like to see a Cameron Norrie versus ADF final, a 25-year-old versus a 21-year-old. But will we end up with ARV versus Marin Cilic, 33 versus 32? I know which one I'd like to see the most. Yeah, Cam Norrie uh, has made one final uh, in his career uh, coming in 2019 in Auckland. Uh, they're on the hard court, a tournament that you would expect him to uh, to be a bit better at on the, on the hard court surfaces. So uh, really good to see him possibly making his second final uh, on a clay court. Um, 
yeah, that second semi-final, as much as I'd love to see Cam Norrie win it, I would say the favourite for the tournament does come from the top semi-final uh, with Albert Ramos and uh, Alejandro Davidovich Fikina, as you say. Um, Davidovich Fikina um, having some really impressive wins this week, um, being Pablo Andahar and Free maybe a little bit tougher than uh, he would have liked. But uh, then coming through again, Jeremy Shardy, someone who's probably having one of the best years of his career, to be honest. Um, and, and ADF only dropped the, the three games in that before beating uh, Hugo and Bear, the, the French player, 6-4, 6-4. Albert Ramos, though, uh, has probably looked even more impressive this week. Hasn't dropped a set uh, facing the likes of Vadasco, a Bear, and Quarantine Mute, who uh, we will mention now, put out the number one seed, uh, Denis Shapovalov. I say number one seed, but uh, not a player that uh, Eva Marcus or I fancied to go too deep into this tournament with uh, it being on a clay court surface and Shapovalov being a bit more favoured on, on the hard courts. Um, so, yeah, two players on, on formidable form. They have a, a one-all on their head-to-head. However, um, it will show up as nil-nil on the uh, ATP website as um, both of these matches did not come on a main tour, main draw matches. Uh, the, the first being a challenger and the second being a, a qualifying tournament um, for a 250, which doesn't get counted on the uh, official ATP head-to-head for, for some reason. But they are one all in matches that they played against each other. Only two places splitting them in the rankings, Ramos at 46 and ADF at 48. Um, so, you know, and, and with Norrie and Cilic being 50 and 42, there's actually only eight places ranking all all four players uh, left in this in this draw. So that also a subsection of the rankings uh, coming through very strongly this week. Um, I think this is a really tough one to predict. Although what I would say is based on, on form and, and time spent on court this week, I, I would make... Ramos' favourite, but I will say uh, Ramos Vinolas in three sets, and then I will predict him to be Cam Norrie in three sets as well in the final. Fair play. Um, I think, yeah, the, the Mute win is very good from, from Ramos. You know, I know you say Shapovalov not the same threat as he is off of the clay courts, but it's still a very good win. Um, and Mute had a, has had a couple of good weeks since his return to the tour. I am going to go for ADF just because he's one of my favourite players to watch at the moment, and I don't want to don't want to back against him. And also, I think he can take quite a lot from the win over Jeremy Shardy compared to playing Albert Ramos Vinales. They're not two dissimilar players really in their style. None of them have extreme pace in their legs anymore. Um, not as much physicality, but they use their experience to play well on the big points, hit the lines when they need to and and, and mix their game up really well. Um, so I just think that with the win over Shardy, I, I didn't see any of it. So maybe it was a bit of a clangor from the French player. But I thought going into that match that Shardy might be able to work ADF out and, and get the win. But clearly he's made of sterner stuff. So, yeah, I think ADF can win this. It'll be a tough one. It'll be some, some definitely some close sets in this one for me. But I think I'll go for ADF in three. Uh, Cam Norrie in two, bottom of the draw for me. I think um, 
he's just playing so well at the moment. And Chilich probably been one of his more taxing weeks in possibly the last year or so, you know, going three sets with Alcaraz and Borges just to get to that match with Kevin Anderson. Um, so, yeah, I think Norrie progresses. I, I definitely feel more confident saying that than, than the top semi-final. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of speaking with my heart and not my head, but I'll go for ADF to take the title and leapfrog probably uh, Ramos Vinolas in, in the rankings as a result and be... I think that would take him up to Spanish number four. Yeah, yeah, it would. Um, so yeah, ADF for me in in Estoril. Um, and yeah, what I'm on, I'm on the bandwagon for sure with Alejandro Davidovic Fokina. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I didn't give a prediction for the first semi final. I will say Nori as well in straight sets. Um, but yeah, it, as you say, it would be great to see uh, ADF win this title. He's a player that. Has, has been around sort of a year or two now on the tour. Uh, I think maybe only 20 years old, maybe 21. Um, 21, Marcus is, is telling me. Um, yeah, and, and just just has maybe um, not not taken that title yet so far, um, but, but has put in impressive performances. And, and to be ranked at 48 at the age of 21 is, is certainly a, a brilliant achievement and looking like that. Is going to get higher, but I, I, I do have to back Albert Ramos. I, I say, uh, no, sorry, Marcus does say uh, Shardy and Ramos being similar players, which I would agree with, but also say, in terms of surface uh, on the clay courts, uh, Ramos a much more accomplished player on a clay court than, than Jeremy Shardy is, who uh, probably is, is more uh, favourable to the hard courts as he's shown so far this yeah, um, so I think that's pretty much it with Estoril. Um, so they were your two tournaments this week, uh, Munich and Estoril, and we're, we're very excited to see who's going to go on and win them. Um, so next week is the return of the Masters tournaments after the uh, couple of weeks' break. Of De Monte Carlo, uh, we will save sort of our predictions and our, our dissecting of the draw uh, until the next podcast. But I think the, the main thing to take from this draw is uh, that Dominic Team does return to the ATP Tour. Uh, that will be his first action since uh, is the Australian Open or no? I think uh, no. We've seen him in. I think in it was Dubai. Doha, Doha or Dubai, maybe. Yeah, he lost to um. Yeah. Lost to Karatsev, didn't he? Or I lost to Baltista Agut in Doha. Um, okay, and maybe yeah. maybe Sinner in another one. I'm not not hundred yeah. percent sure, but it was definitely that sort of hardcore swing around there. Yeah, and I had to miss the um the Monte Carlo Masters due to I believe it's a foot injury. Um, but uh, yeah, team does return to the Madrid Masters, being uh, seeded at third, and he will face a qualifier in the second round. So uh, your your hope that uh. He can string together a good run of wins. I think for him, it will just be about getting back into that winning form after perhaps a, a, a slightly below par uh, start to the year. I believe it was uh, Grigor Dimitrov that knocked him out in uh, Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, before Dimitrov went out to Aslan Kratzev. Um And the other thing that I really want to take from this draw, and I'll get Marcus's opinion on this, 
Um, a potential second round match between Rafa Nadal and Carlos Alcaraz. I know, as I say, we'll do our predictions in the next pod, but for me, this one's just too excited, exciting uh, to glaze over. And actually, a potential third round for Nadal if he was to get through that against Alcaraz against Yannick Sinner. So, a first two matches uh, could be against Alcaraz and Sinner. Uh, and with the, the losses he's had in the last couple of weeks, obviously. Uh, well, actually, no, it's just Rublev, isn't he? He got through fine at, at Barcelona. But, um, you know, you definitely say that it, it could be an interesting first couple of matches for Nadal. And a lot of people have likened Carlos Alcaraz to Nadal being the next sort of big Spanish ring, 17 years old, um, looking exceptional so far this year. Uh, perhaps not so much this week with that uh, disappointing loss, in my opinion, to, to Marin Cilic. But it's important to remember he's only 17 and... You'd think he'd probably be really up for this match. You know, you'd assume that he's grown up watching Rafael Nadal, sees him as a bit of an idol. So imagine that, uh, the chance of, of him playing Nadal in, in the second round. Yeah, of course, he's got to get past Manorino in the first round, which won't be uh, too easy, but I believe he can do it. Um, and then, yeah, it would be a lovely occasion. You know, I'd, I'd expect nothing but a, a simple win for Nadal should it come to pass. But um, I, d- I definitely think that Alcaraz would, would love the occasion of, of playing the greatest player ever from his nation and a player that, well, they argue that there are, is similarities between, you know, he looks like a very strong player on the clay courts. Um, so, yeah, he's won plenty of challenges, particularly in Spain. Um, so, yeah, no, it would be a very nice occasion for the home crowd if, if Nadal can uh, end up playing Carlos Alcaraz in the second round. Um, I've got a little bit of trivia for you on Madrid, if you're ready for that. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's on previous winners, um, just to give a little bit of background. Uh, Rafael Nadal's won three of the last seven titles here. And it'll probably be quite, uh, it wouldn't be a surprise to see us both pick him to win Madrid and Rome, to be honest. But I, I don't think he'll win both, uh, just to get that out there. Uh, doesn't typically usually wins one or the other and then goes on to win Roland Garros. But anyway, on to this little quiz time. Since the infamous blue clay in Madrid, which happened in uh, 2012, there have been seven Madrid masters. Uh, I did actually mention one earlier in this episode and I've now told you that uh, Rafael Nadal has won three of them. Can you name the other four uh, who won the other four? titles so it's, it's four players there's no one who's won one more than one for you to decide all right um well Zverev was the one that you you gave away earlier yeah um Dominic team has he won Madrid no, no. okay okay interesting I think uh, still only won one Masters isn't he nah. at Indian Wells could be no nah, he's won he's won a clay court Masters hasn't he I tell you look it up whilst I'm thinking um Okay, uh, am I is is Kane or Nishikori won Madrid? Nope, maybe he won it blue clay year, didn't he? Why are you missing the obvious, obvious shout? What do you mean? I, you, I can't say the doubt, can I? Sits a pass? Nope, Djokovic's masters was in Monte Carlo, yes, Djokovic has won two. There you go. Oh, one. yeah, of course, because yeah, all right, so I've only got one more to get. Not someone who's played there recently. I mean, it hasn't been on since 2019. 
Well, or could it be Roger Federer then? It was in 2015. Uh, it's not Roger Federer. Not Federer. He's not a retired player, but maybe someone who's on the verge of it in the next few years. Fanini? No, it's not Fanini. He won. He's won Monte he won Carlo. Rome. That'd be his Rome. only his only Masters oh, title. Oh, yeah. No, sorry, you're right, Monte Carlo. Um, one more guess. Okay. Uh Feliciano Lopez. Simon, <laughs> surely. <laughs> is he even that close? No, the answer uh, is no. Lithiano Lopez, probably his best mate on tour, Andy Murray. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just, just Zverev outside of the big two who's won it in in recent memory. Um, I'm sure there'll definitely be some players that will throw their names into the hat next week, but Nadal will go in. Was it, that's uh, his favourite. Was it Nishikori, the one blue clay year? Have you got that in front of you? Zverev won it. Beat Burdich in the final 2012. Who, sorry? Federer beat Burdich in the final 2012. Oh, uh, of course, Burdich. Yeah, okay, Federer won it. But yeah, I know, I knew that there was sort of like a. Uh, I remember the, the final being, uh, I thought it was an Ishikori, but it was Burdich. Okay. Anyone uh, who doesn't know what we're on about, just <laughs> have a look up at all of the blue clay yeah. age that went on in that yeah. very, very what? strange. Masters event in in 2012. A lot of players not happy with the playing surface then, and they've never used it since for good reason. Well, maybe uh, if we'd had a Grand Slam on blue clay, we would have seen Thomas Burdich uh, win his first ever Grand Slam. Maybe he was gutted uh, to see the back of the blue clay. Um, okay, well, uh, that will be it for today. Um, thank you for listening and enjoy the, the rest of the tennis in uh, Munich and Estriel. Marcus, as always, thank you very much for joining me. No problem at all. Yeah, looking forward to the conclusions of these tournaments and then very excited for the back-to-back Masters. Thanks for listening and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend.